Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Incomparable, number 692, November 2023. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell. This episode is all about a new film in theaters as we record this. Yeah, it's true, although it'll be, you know, elsewhere soon enough. Uh, It is The Marvels, the sequel to Captain Marvel. Uh, This is a... It's also sort of a sequel to Ms. Marvel, the TV show on Disney+, and uh, kind of a sequel to portions of content in a plot line in WandaVision, another show on Disney+, Plus, a little, sort of. (laughs) Anyway... Uh, here to talk about this film and also sort of, I think, maybe a little bit later about where the Marvel uh, movies are in the world right now and where they might go, uh, are these uh, wonderful people. Chip Sutterth is here. Hi, Chip. You know my name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chip, not actually his name, though. Uh, Shannon Sutterth also here. Hello, Shannon. Hola, freakies. <laughs> James Thompson is here. Hello. Uh, would you say the sequel is higher, furrier, and faster? Oh, hmm. <laughs> it's definitely furrier. Sarah Bickerton is here. Sarah, hello. Welcome. Oh, Captain, my Captain. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly Gamont. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Did we just change places right there? Uh, yeah. Various panelists will swap places during the, uh, during the Marvels. Um, nice. I've always wanted to visit New Zealand. <laughs> that's right well this is it's a long flight so let me tell you it's a lot uh easier to do it that way 2019 is when captain marvel came out it seems like a million years ago hmm. well technically uh, it was i know i mean no technically it wasn't but i mean then in another sense it uh, absolutely emotionally was a, a it was. world ago a yeah. world ago an eon ago it and, literally was a different world when when that movie was released. So I uh, th- we're we all uh, the reason we're doing this. We've been doing a lot of uh, movie episodes of the Incomparable after they show up on streaming and not in theaters because theaters are not as much a thing as they were um, pre pandemic. Uh, however, I just had a huge number of panelists who saw the Marvels in the theaters the first week and thought, well, let's let's strike while the iron is hot. And one of my one of my points in doing that was that the box office for this wasn't great. There seems to be a lot of uh, sort of, uh, oh, by the way, the actors couldn't promote it because of a strike that ended right when the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And um, and yet everybody who I know who saw it liked it. So we thought maybe it would be an opportunity to enter a little bit into the narrative of low box office and... Uh, some people pushing back at this movie to talk about the movie uh, perhaps more positively. I mean, I've got mixed feelings about it, but generally I liked it. And uh, I thought we would I thought we would talk about it. But I wanted to start with 2019 and Captain Marvel, because one of the things that struck me about the level of difficulty of this movie, and I'm wondering what all of you think, is not only is it a sequel to a movie that was uh, quite a while ago, especially in our mental landscape, but also if you remember, Captain Marvel 
was said in the past. It was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as a result, this movie is uh, is be- a sequel to a movie a while ago, but also a sequel to a movie that took place a very long time ago. And I felt like that increased the level of difficulty of this movie. I know we've seen Captain Marvel since, but like making ties to events that happened decades before in the storyline is also a really tricky thing. So I don't know. I I felt like going into this uh, because this movie feels to me very much like it's an attempt to make a proper sequel to Captain Marvel. And I'm not sure that was a good idea, but it certainly increased their level of difficulty because they can't just say, hey, remember that thing that happened? Now we're going to pick up the thread. It's more like, remember that thing that happened? Well, 30 years passed. (laughs) Like, okay, Mm. that's, uh, I I mean, To be fair, the Captain America first and second movie, there was a bit of a time jump between those two as well. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it also depends on sort of which angle you're coming in from. Yes, I watched Captain Marvel at the time, and yes, I liked it very much, but I was there for Ms. Marvel. I was coming at it from looking at it as the next step after Ms. Marvel and, you know, had very little trouble following along from, from that angle. Yeah, that's. I'm actually mm-hmm. going to agree with Shannon on this one because I saw it as um, tonally, like tonally, I found it more in common with Miss Marvel than with Captain Marvel. Um, uh, Captain Marvel had a lot more <laughs> '90s angst about it, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> flannel. Um, yeah, yep, yeah, as you do. A lot more heavy lifting with, um, you know, women and women being victimized and then uh, getting out from that situation. That, that yeah, this, one, this one's much lighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. It, it tonally, I think this is more. And that was like midway through the movie. I look, I was like, okay, I feel like this is a Ms. Marvel sequel rather than a Captain Marvel sequel. I think that's mm-hmm. fair. I think that there are a lot of on ramps to this story, but I think the best thing that the movie has working for it as a movie. Um, if you if you go into it, if you actually open the door and go into it, is that it is a romp. And yes. mm-hmm. you really don't need Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, certainly not WandaVision, in order to enjoy it for what it is. But I think you're right, Jason, in the sense that there's still sort of a barrier to entry. People come into the MCU expecting that they need to know the lore. And mm-hmm. there's actually a lot of lore behind this one, and mm-hmm. some of it is four years old. Uh, so the thing that well, the thing that I noticed about it was in because this is the thing that that Marvel movies have had to do now in sort of the new age of Disney Plus and Marvel Television is uh, a thing that uh, Lisa Schmeiser said says regularly on I want my MCU TV, which is uh, this is entertainment. I don't I I don't want to feel like I have homework in order to understand everything that's going on. And they sort of have to walk that line of how do we explain enough for people who don't watch the TV shows versus over explaining to people who did watch the TV shows and are impatient for the rest of the movie to get on. And it's starting to feel like with enough different things, because I don't know if anybody knows this, but Marvel still does in fact make comic books that (laughs) they're starting that some of the, the film lore and the TV lore and the storytelling and all of that, and the way it's all interconnected is starting to get a little vast and can, you know, and and we're going to end up with uh, one of those things they usually do in the comic books every, I don't know, 20, 20 years or so where, uh, there's some huge, massive event across every single title, and they like burn everything down, and then 
kind of reboot, a reboot with yeah. the new improvement. 20 years? Mm. It's not like it was happening every five years it, in the it, 90s. It gets faster. <laughs> it, soon it will be every month. Yeah, in the <laughs> 90s, it was different. So um, uh, I think I feel like that's part of what this is starting to suffer from is because, as you laid out right at the beginning, it's a sequel to a bunch of different things yeah. in some form mm. or another. Like, this is the next step of story for each of our three main characters, but two of our main characters are basically from TV from two from two of the different TV shows. And even though one of them made a cameo sort of in in Captain Marvel, and then we've got Captain Marvel, and this is sort of the the proper sequel where she's very prominently featured and not just part of an ensemble like of loads of people. She's one of right. three not, in this as opposed to one of, you know, six one or of those eight, Avengers you know. movies, sure. Yeah. So I feel like that's part of what this suffered from. And I really enjoyed I know we'll get into the rest of it, but overall, I enjoyed it. But but, you know, with a little bit of scrutiny, it's a little hard to um, it it starts to creak a little bit as you as you look a little closer. I like this movie. Um I found it extremely enjoyable. It was a fun ride. I, I think the best thing about it is that it is a fun ride and it's fun. Um, and I want to talk about Ms. Marvel. Uh, and and uh, I don't even know what we're we're calling her. Cap, uh, what is it? Captain Trouble? Captain Rambo. Uh, yeah, she's Captain Spectrum. Um, the other Captain Photon. Marvel. The Photon. There are many, there are many references. Marvel was my favorite. Yeah. There are many, many references being made in this. The best, the best one is when she gets the poofy thing that's like actually the Monica Rambo Captain Marvel thing and she tears it all off immediately. It's great. Um, but I want to start <laughs> with... Uh, the reason I want to start with the baggage of uh, another movie that I liked, Captain Marvel, is that I think it's the weakest part of the movie, and I think it's unnecessary because um, it, it is like, okay, so the burden here is that there is a story about what happened after Captain Marvel, which is she goes back to the Kree and gets her revenge and destroys the Supreme Intelligence. And uh, we're told in kind of a download in this movie that she did this and that they're, they're, they have suffered a civil war and then an ecological disaster. And from this, we get our, our Darben, the, the baddie of the movie, who is using portals to steal natural resources from other planets to kind of revive the Cree home world. And so that it's a lot. And it feels like it's the trying to drive that, that direct line from the original Captain Marvel movie. And mm -hmm. I, 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 I personally don't think it works very well. I think there's something there, right? There's this, it's like, there's a different movie that is a, a real parable about, about, uh, ecological disaster and climate change and things like that, where these people are stealing the air and the water and the sunlight from other places. Uh, mm -hmm. But it doesn't, it doesn't really quite go over the threshold for me. It feels like it's not really explained very well. And, and, and when they do stop, it kind of slows the movie down. And I think Darben as a character it because so much is a download. I don't think she's very interesting. She just kind of grimaces and flies around and then is sort of defeated because the plot wills it that it's time for the movie to be over and for her to be defeated. And I just, I, it, I mean, you convince me otherwise, if you like, or agree with me, whatever, but like, that's the part of the movie that I thought, what a weird choice. Like, did they feel like they had to do that? Because while it does say some things about Carol's character, like using it as the whole motivator for the movie, it felt like, 
there are other parts of this movie that are really shiny and interesting and fun. And then this just feels creaky and obligatory. And I didn't, it didn't work for me. Yeah. I acknowledge that it's that the villain, that that storyline, it is kind of like the the weakest part of the movie because um, it's a plot and it feels like a plot from an episode from an issue of a comic book, you know, and comic books that get, you know, put out month to month to month have all of these different slight villains, you know, small things that are important to the villain, but not as important in the overall arc of the heroes, because that's how comic books work. And for me, it, you know, I didn't mind it. I mean, I was there for um, the team. I was there for the three Marvels. Um, I wanted to see them bounce off of each other. And well, they needed something to solve as as they were bouncing off each other. So it didn't bother me at all. I see that it was you know, not the best use of um, of the actress who played the villain. Certainly, you know, left, you know, some, some plot holes, some unevenness here and there. But I came into this, you know, like I said, I wanted my Ms. Marvel. I got my Ms. Marvel. It is possibly the most movie that's like its comic book um, than I've seen in a very long time. I was trying to think. My only thing I can think of is the original Batman from way back in Michael Keaton's time capturing some of that Frank Miller-ish um, mm. noir, you know, that, mm-hmm. so, mm. so it worked for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I loved um, Captain Marvel, the original film, like really loved it. Mm-hmm. It's, pros- it's my favorite um, of all the Marvel mo- movies, like hands down 100%. It was the, the first film that I actually bought on 4K Blu-ray because I was oh, mm-hmm. of the Marvel films because I adored this film so much. And I wanted a sequel to that. I wanted more character development. Um, and this was before the Marvels was announced as a film back when uh, at one of the Comic-Cons. I, I wanted... Uh, a continuation of the hit points and developments that occurred in Captain Marvel and a continuation of her character development. Um, I, as soon as I heard about that, the, the Marvels was going to be the sequel to um, Captain Marvel. Um, while I was like, woohoo, we're getting these two characters. That's awesome. I was like, okay, I somehow suspect we're not going to get the film I want, right. which is annoying. <laughs> and damn you, Marvel, you should give me the film I want. Which should um, probably have picked up. See, the, because the problem is they bring her to the present in order to solve Thanos, right? And, right. and yeah. as a result, she never gets, you know, Captain America gets frozen in ice and taken to the future. Yeah. But like she lives out this mm-hmm. interesting second chapter in her life once she realizes who she is and we never get to see it because it's a time jump and yeah sarah we still don't see it in this movie they're just like nope forget about it that happened in the 90s we don't talk about the 90s anymore and yeah uh, yeah Yeah. i felt like they simultaneously had to um give us a villain and a macguffin and a sort of Mm -hmm. a plot plot thing for the the marvels to go up against but also to explain why Carol was largely away from the MCU from the 90s to Endgame, that there was something going on to give their to give a reason for emotional tension between her and Monica Rambeau. And it is a bit messy. 
I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, well, firstly, I do also have a 4K Blu-ray of Captain Marvel. So, you know, <laughs> right. Okay. We're all, Same. you're all great. Okay. As yeah. do I. We all love that's it. That's the one, that's the one I bought. Same I, thing but, here. I mean, I was kind of worried for this movie going into it because I did really enjoy the original Captain Marvel a lot. And I enjoyed the Ms. Marvel series a lot. And I loved the comics of both of them. The trailers for this looked good, but there was kind of like doom and gloom around this film. And the MCU in general, and we can get into that. Um, but this, the whole thing was just fun. Mm. And and it was the most that I've actually, like, I'm not saying that this is the best Marvel movie, but it's the most fun that I've had in a Marvel mm. movie in yep. years. Yeah. You know, like yep. going back to like Shang-Chi or some, some No Way Home or so- even like that. This is my. This is why I bring up the Captain Marvel stuff because I figure I, I feel like the, there is a movie that never got made that is the movie that Sarah wanted to see, which is the literal follow up to Captain Marvel, and yeah. for whatever reason they, which might have been darker, right? Because it really is about her mm. dealing with uh, how do you do revenge, and she essentially destroys a Aftermath. planet, right? Like I mean, yeah. she's they set the on each other, but by destroying the great uh, or whatever it is, great intelligence, superior intelligence. intelligence, you know, yeah. it's great intelligence is Doctor Who anyway. Yeah, I was uh, say. the, 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 <laughs> the smart thing. The, the Net bending hologram um, destroys yeah. it, and uh, it effectively destroys them. And that there would be some, something interesting there about like the nature of revenge and and her complicity and how does she deal with it and is she trying to run away from Earth and all of that. But the MCU, you know, like moved on to Endgame and wanted to bring her into the continuum immediately and and doesn't want to make that movie. Um, and, and what's left, it feels like to me, are the remnants of it, which is this plot line that drags us through the movie. And it does, you know, it gets us there. But when James says, and all of us have said this at some point, it's so fun. I have to point at one of the things that was said earlier, which is this is also a sequel to Ms. Marvel, which was a fun mm-hmm. TV show. Yes. And and even if you even if you didn't see it, even if you thought it was OK and not great, I'll tell you this. I have a hard time believing that anybody could make an argument that uh, Ms. Marvel and Iman Vellani does not steal this movie. Yes. And, and oh, it's absolutely. Tr- Ruth. And, and it's not <laughs> that Brie Larson isn't great, because Brie Larson is really great. <laughs> she's a great she's actress. She's better than she was in the first and one. And she is. Yes. Yep. And Tayana Paris is good in this, too, and they are a great trio. And and they, I think this movie uses Sam Jackson okay, because he's kind of like, it's it's sort of like, roll your eyes at Nick Fury. But my, my big point here is, that's the movie that works here. It, and yeah. and one of the reasons it works is because Ms. Marvel injects fun and she's an, uh, a surrogate for the audience in a way, but she's also, she keeps it light. She gets to experience all the fun things. And, and sometimes Marvel movies forget being a superhero is is probably fun unless you're Spider-Man. It, it, it's a it, it, you get to see cool planets and stuff and the Marvels never lets you forget it because Ms. Marvel is always there excited and having a good time and that's yeah. like when I when I complain about the remnants of sort of like the actual Ms. or actual Captain Marvel sequel that sort of kind of percolates in the background here it's because i see the other movie they they actually decided to make and it's it's way better. It's way more fun. So I went and saw this with two people who uh, one of them goes and sees every Marvel movie is generally my movie date opening weekend if there's something in a theater for us to go and see. And then my other friend has sort of seen one here and there and went to this with us. And at the end of the movie, we were talking and he said, so 
the part where they were talking about she went to the the planet and destroyed it and and all of that and i said yeah and he said which movie was that <laughs> yeah, <the> <laughs> and i said Captain marvel 2 not made and i said but they, they really like yeah and and basically we were like yeah they just sort of described it but we we never saw that on film so if they've explored that in like a spin-off comic or something then no i you know i i don't i can't tell you any more than you found out in the movie about that particular plot and so i think jason you nailed it in that the ms marvel sequel parts of this movie are great and they hold up really well and they're very well done and uh the captain marvel parts and the uh monica rambeau parts kind of are the parts that are that are a little creakier and and don't hold up quite as well and maybe that's just because they did not have uh, Ms. Marvel's mom in them. And yeah. maybe that's part of the problem. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean. uh, yes. But yeah, I mean, the source material, um, the source material for these three, uh, for, for these three characters is original Captain Marvel, which we've discussed, Ms. Marvel, which we're discussing, and WandaVision, which is breathtakingly original but also complicated and it was just just something unlike everything else in the mcu and the part with monica in it is really just in there to set this movie up honestly it's not really Mm. of a kind with the rest of that show yeah it's just to move her on to be to be in the movie to give her powers so that she can do this other thing later and yeah exactly right and it's like i'm okay with it not being required reading i i actually think that the ms marvel stuff reads pretty quick quickly when you get into it of like oh this is a girl who has powers who's a huge fan of captain marvel and who gets to work with her now that's really what you need yeah well, and her family, <laughs> but, but but her and, and her family, right? And and they are, and they come to space, which I thought that's a questionable decision by Nick Fury, but it all works out. It's fine. We'll bring the family to space. They probably insisted, right? The mom probably insisted that they go to space, so they do. I don't think she insisted. I think she just told them this this is what's happening, yeah. and yeah. If there was Fury, no. But you have to take us. us. It was yeah. we're going. Uh, we're going until because you're the only person who knows where our daughter is. So yes, you're stuck with us. We're a package oh. deal. That's that. Yeah, I assume some of that was for their protection, given that there'd been you yeah. know random Cree uh, knocking holes in their that's, house. That's true. That's a that's a good mm-hmm. point. So I I mean, look, it's not just Iman Vellani, although she is great, and the way the character is written, she's just super enthusiastic, and they have to they have to get her to tamp it down and all that. But because of that, and because the plot involves this thing that kind of happens very quickly and and goes away as soon as it's not convenient anymore, where they keep switching. Uh, locations, but it leads to uh, some fun fights where the people keep changing and some fun mm-hmm. situations where everybody is a fish out of water and somebody else like Captain Marvel appears in 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 uh, Kamala's house and she basically is like, oh, that's weird and leaves and they're like, what what just happened? <laughs> um, and, and Kamala ends up in the spacesuit that Monica was in. But like those, the core of this movie that works so well is also just that it's a trio. They are, remember, it does, fortunately the movie does not stick with the we're not a team, we're not a team for very long uh because mm-hmm. it's very clear that they are and the, and that's just how it's going to be and uh and and all that stuff right all that stuff is delightful it's one of these funny things where like yeah there's a big fight where uh where Darben's got got the hammer from Guardians of the Galaxy uh, which I guess, even though it doesn't have a, a, a an Infinity Stone in it anymore, is still a very powerful weapon. And it's like, okay, all right. And she's doing stuff. But it's like, no, that's not 
that's not the stuff that I'm going to remember from this movie. It's going to be all the personal interaction. It's all the dialogue. It's those three people on a spaceship together bumping into each other. It is the family of Kamala worried about her. And it's going to be some of the particularly creative flights of fancy of the movie, like the planet <laughs> uh, that is the beach planet where everybody sings and is a Bollywood dance number all the time, apparently. Um <laughs> Right. Like that, that, that there and, and creative use of suddenly an army of flurkins. The and, yeah. and, I mean, and yeah. yes, which I got spoiled on in the trailer and made me sad because oh. that is such a funny bit. Like, why? Why is the Nick Fury uh, space station bit in there? It's in there because the flurkin kittens. OK, that's why it's in there. <laughs> and it's just it's funny to me. We should talk about about the three of them working together and all of that, and, and, mm. and we should do that because that is the part of this this movie that like overrides all the rest of it. It's like it's so just delightful to see that stuff, and that's always what's going to stick with me from this movie. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Carol's got a more defined personality uh, than she did in the 2019 movie, largely because she spent most of that movie trying to uh, recover her memory, her right? Yeah, and, and yeah. such. Um, but you've got Kamala Khan idol worshiping Carol mm. and you've got Monica Rambeau deeply hurt and feeling abandoned by Carol. Right. And the dynamic between them at the start of the movie and the, you know, this is a, this is a relatively breezy movie, you know, it goes by fast. So they go from mistrust and idol worship at the one end to a team at the other um, but that those moments, the training montage and, 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 and things like that, the conversations that they have up to that, that's what, that's what really holds this movie together. Mm. Yeah. And the way they, they shift, it's like, um, at each point it's somebody else is like being the emotional foundation. It, it, it keeps changing and it feels very true to life because friendships, real life, getting to know people, it's not static. Um, you have, you know, the, a time when Monica's the one trying to balance and calm Kamala, Kamala down uh, because she's, you know, standing in front of her idol and trying to get Carol to be like, OK, just go with this flow, go with it. Um, and then at another point, you've got Kamala taking the two of them and say and, and p- literally pulling them together in a hug physically. As well mm. as, you know, emotionally saying, OK, we, you have thrashed out some of some of your issues. It's a healing process. We're taking the next step. Um, so I loved the way that, it, you know, it was a true tripod of a dynamic. I like the fact that they also kind of sorted their problems out relatively quickly. You know, there wasn't yes. this whole kind of like... You know, most people said, no, you're right. I, I kind of was a jerk. Uh, and then they just talked it out. It lets us get to the fun sooner. And yeah. like other movies, yeah. they don't get to that point until the end. And then they're like, great, we can have fun now. And the movie ends. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. Let's do that sooner, <laughs> yeah. please. And yeah, what happened after the shawarma date? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Who knew that women would actually sit down and have a conversation where they deal through their emotional <gasps> issues and before I mean, moving that, on with stuff? That was the subtext <laughs> of what I was saying. But yes, that was <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, As a lifelong watcher of Days of Our Lives, I'm here to tell you that's not always how it works. Um, <laughs> but the thing that... The thing I really liked about it was that it showed that all of them had something valuable to offer to the team. And, you know, even though Kamala is very new at this and, you know, when we saw at the beginning, this was part of what I enjoyed about this was that Monica and Kamala have something in common because Monica couldn't fly to begin with. 
And right. until until Nick Fury started yelling black girl magic at her, which was very funny. <laughs> Go! And then, you know, she went, you know, like what kind of motivator that must have been. But um, I really liked that they found that everybody found common ground, that Carol and Kamala had common ground, Monica and Kamala had common ground and and that they were and that all of them brought something useful to it you know like some of it was a little bit of kamala's you know weapons grade enthusiasm for just <laughs> being there you know which which is was huge and you know like i think probably you know helped the rest of them and i i the thing that was interesting to me about watching like all the way through was they kept saying the end of the world the end of the universe and i feel like they had to keep saying that because it it felt like a fun lighter right. movie and the mm -hmm. stakes weren't i think they had to keep repeating it because it never felt like the stakes were intergalactic the plot is it serious okay like, we're having fun yeah, with the plot it's serious plot. all right yeah, we mean it we really do we mean it and but like watching i really liked that all three of them had value in a way that made them shannon like you said like a tripod like mm -hmm. all three of them it took all three of them to do what they were doing mm -hmm. and uh you know whether it was planet bollywood whether it was, uh, you know, like the other things that they were doing. Uh, I had a bunch of questions about that purple hammer because I feel like it evaporated at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. But I don't know, maybe it's back. I'm maybe just, maybe I mean, I'm wrong about that. They but... had another one. They had a spare. You always have two. Two is one and one is none. <laughs> so you always have an extra <laughs> ultimate weapon, the penultimate weapon. But it becomes the ultimate weapon when the ultimate weapon is defeated or something like that. Um, when you find something you really like, you always buy you two. You buy two because they're going to discontinue the ultimate weapons because, and then you don't yeah, have it one. Um, it won't be the right size the, or the right shade of purple and then you're stuck. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah. like I really, it was it was interesting to me that dynamic that they were trying to like everything was intergalactic, you know, and it was huge consequences and it was going to be the end of everything everywhere right. and that's why we need help, uh, you know, and but then you know here comes Kamala's family to make sure everybody's eaten and that everyone <laughs> is making good choices and all of that and you know like the balance of that, I feel like that that was. I really enjoyed it, but it, it sort of didn't feel like it matched up. It sort of felt like two different movies. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. There's a tone mismatch here, and I, I feel like they could have probably done it, but they would have had to go further in the idea of making it feel like, uh, don't worry about it too much, or... Or they would have needed to change the undergirding plot to be something that is lighter, yeah. a quest or something like that, that leads them to the various planets or something like that. And it yeah. feels very much like they had, I mean, I don't want to speculate too much because you never know how these movies come together, but it feels to me like they had a more straightforward Captain Marvel sequel at some point in a draft and that all this mm -hmm. stuff got laid on top of it. And we still, you can see that other movie kind of peeking through and it's kind of a yeah. mismatch, but, but again, uh, you know, my, overall, I think all of us kind of are agreeing here. It's like, it kind of doesn't matter because we are all having so much fun along the way. And it would have been, I think, yes. a better movie if it had, if they had, you know, ironed out to the, the tonal problems a little bit more. Um, but it's, it's okay. It's just every time that we get to, to Darben and, and she's grimacing and, 
showing us her teeth and I'm like, okay, whatever. But, um, <laughs> but it's okay. Much, then yeah, onto the next, to onto too. the next fun, silly thing that happens. And, and, and Carol is a loner, right? Like she, in mm. the first movie, she's, she's a, a basically rebelled against her squad. Um, she does discover with her memories that she did have her best friend, um, Maria Rambo, um, and at the end, she kind of goes off into space. And in the Avengers movie, she sort of like comes back from space for decades and is like, she's just out there uh, in, in, in uh end game. She is like on a hologram and she's like, Hey, I'm in space later. And it's like, it's just her. So I think, mm-hmm. I, I think the dynamic here is, is fun in that you see like, uh, Kamala will not let her be a loner, right? Essentially, exactly. that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And right, and and right at the end, um, uh, well, towards the end, when they stop being entangled, I actually and like they go, oh, okay, the entanglement has stopped. You actually see Brie Larson. Well, yes, Car- Carol Danvers. Yes, Carol was actually she, like she felt a loss. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I didn't think I was the only one to see that. Yeah, it was like ah mm-hmm. ah, oh, oh, I lost that. I had that. It's gone. Yeah, thanks to thanks to all of these new characters and the and the relationships, but also to the passage of time. That you know the the movie doesn't give you a lot of exposition, but Brie Larson is even at the beginning of the movie. She's moving looser. She's showing more emotion. She's not being the um. Marvel's toughest character or Marvel's most powerful character archetype that I think um, the MCU picked up from the comics and um, just sort of laid that on her. Um, When we in in the middle of the movie, when we uh, when we land on the space station and we see that it's uh, crowded with kittens and (laughs) they and they come up with the master plan that uh, the kitty's Let gotta the get fed. Kitty's gotta get fed. As soon as they come up with that plan, Chip, they're bigger on the inside. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> that reference acknowledged. Uh, Brie <laughs> Larson. Once they come up with the plan, she is immediately running like a six-year-old off camera. Yeah. Come yeah. here, Kitty. And <laughs> yeah. that is that's that's just perfectly delightful. And I think that that is uh, that's what. That's what the character needs. That's what the movie needs. And um, by you know, and 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 we haven't even talked about the dance number and uh, and the pre- the pretty Disney princess. <laughs> <laughs> and then conversely, you know, there's you know these lighter moments that she has, and there's also much more. And it's part of its opportunity because of the way the Captain Marvel film went. Um, but she's able to connect and recognize emotional situations a lot more easily um you know she you know snaps at kamala as they're trying to get as many refugees off of um tarnax with the the scroll scroll planet um trying to get as many of them off and kamala of course wants to get everyone out because you know kamala is young and she is not as experienced yet to realize that you know sometimes you can't and you know um and uh carol snaps at her to to get her and you know, and also you know Iman Vellani lets it show like you know I can't believe you know it's like that first bit of the the rose colored glasses slipping never meet to, your to heroes <laughs> yeah yeah a little um, bit and then later on and then Carol apologizes later you know to say I I should not have snapped at you like that um you know it's you know in almost in a you know big sister or motherly you know acknowledging you know yes I'm the authority but I may have overstepped it um. 
And then later on, I think that's a step to helping her get up the courage to explain to Monica why she stayed away so long that she truly felt she yeah. could not come back until she had fixed all the things. Yeah. Um, so I really love those developments. And we also had on the second planet um, where Captain Marvel's the one who wants to save everybody and won't right. let it happen. Right. And mm. she basically yeah. hits the big red button and is like, no, we need to leave because if she gets this bangle, it all goes bad. Exactly. So I was just kind of, I was thinking about the the, the three of them and the, 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 the kind of the central mechanic of them swapping. Um, and I watched, I've seen the film twice. And I was like, the second time I was like trying to keep track of like, okay, how do we get person A here, person B here? And it's like when they were doing this, it, it was, you know, like the fox and the chicken and the sack of grain, except they were working out backwards. And I can imagine <laughs> all the like the, the fight scenes and everything. There must have been just like post-it notes all over oh, the yeah. wall. Like, yeah. okay, where is this person? Where do we want this person? We need to swap these two. Then we put this one here. And yeah. And I, what will give us the funny moment of Kamala, yeah. Kamala seeing um, seeing the Flurkin do her thing for the first time and just absolutely screaming. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I I think that, you know, Iman Vani is basically in the film. I'm not entirely sure that she is playing a character. I think it's just her natural reaction to everything. Well, it's perfect, I just it's perfect casting. And she, she's, she's not, yeah. She herself is a Marvel Comics fan and a Ms. Marvel fan who then gets cast as Ms. Marvel and then she gets to be in this big movie with Captain Marvel and it is perfect And then gets casting. to write the Ms. Marvel yeah. comics. Comic, yeah. So, apparently yeah. apparently yeah. On, on set, she actually has a notebook of Marvel backstory that she has like with post-its <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. That yeah. is her own creation of like knowing the backstory of everything that's going on. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, A, that's a commentary on the MCU, but B, it's also her. Yeah. <laughs> yes. because she's a fan she needs yeah. her research to write her fanfic. Well, yeah. She said she when when they cast her and they did the behind the scenes about Ms. Marvel, one of the things they showed was uh, she fell in love with Captain Marvel and there's pictures of her as a little girl years before Disney mm -hmm. Plus existed, before there were Marvel movies, uh, pictures of her dressed up as Ms. Marvel for Halloween. Yeah. So she was kind of always sort of destined yeah. to be this person. <laughs> and like that's the other piece of it that I really, really love is that, the, that they could not have gone back in time and created an actor in a lab to have been a better Ms. Marvel than they got with her. What you seek will find you. And honestly, yes. Marvel, um, Marvel movies don't spend a lot of time on fame and fandom, even though fandom is such a core part of these movies and of comics and superheroes yeah. in general. We see it a little bit. There's some Spider-Man stuff that de deals with a little bit, of course, in a negative way because it's Spider-Man and he's a... Buzzkill, that's his thing. Uh, but here <laughs> with Kamala, like they, they they linger. I'm so happy they do. They linger on the shot of the uh, the drawing in her room that is the the BFFs mm -hmm. with her mm -hmm. and Ms. Marvel or Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel, where mm -hmm. it's just like yep. um, to make it clear, like Carol immediately is like, oh, it's a super What's fan. Going on? It's a super fan. And has she, yeah. I have lots of questions that the movie doesn't care to answer. And that's fine about like, has she even dealt with as such a loner? Has she dealt with right. people looking up to her or people being impressed by her or anything? Or is she so, I get the sense that she's so removed from earth 
in general mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that the only people she talks to are like alien leaders and superheroes. And so to be confront and she doesn't have kids and she's confronted with this teenager who loves her and wants to be around her it's such a great dynamic now throwing in monica is interesting because that's like the guilt of not going back to earth and and reminding us of her friend uh who Mm. and this is a friend's daughter and a friend died and uh, you know it, it 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 I like that too, because having the tripod is allows it to not just be about like the star and the fan, but more, uh, you know, right. Like Monica gets to relate to both of them in different ways that makes the trio work. And I do think it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Monica relates to Carol and then Kamala relates to, to Captain Marvel. Well, that's also true. Right. And, and, and yet, and yet Mm -hmm. also, um, Monica ha- understands things about Kamala because Monica is from the real world <laughs> that Carol doesn't that too, understand. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a thing that like um, a lot of queer people, and I'll, I'll get to why this tangent matters, um, queer people do when or if they're disowned by their families, they often go through a period of... Um, they're, they're, they're sent away, they're, 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 it's like they're no longer part of their families, and... For a period of time before you accept that, like, okay, that's what's happened to you, is you go through, if I'm just good enough, I can go back and show my parents, mm-hmm. family, whatever, that I, I, I'm i still a good person, even though I've been gone and I, apparently I've done this terrible thing by being queer, um, that I got... Um, I can prove myself if I'm just good enough. If I'm just good enough, they'll accept me, even though I've done this terrible thing of being queer. And I saw um, uh, Captain Marvel when she said, "If that's not, it's like, sorry, that when Monica Rambeau said, that's not how family works to Carol. Um, Because Carol was saying, Mm -hmm. if I was just proved to you that I I could do this, I could fix this, that that you'd accept me. I really massively saw that as a queer analogy. Maybe I'm, like totally projecting here, which I never do in a film ever. Um, um, no, but I don't think it, so. I think there's something there. Yeah, and not to, well, not to mention, of course, that the the kiss on the cheek from Valkyrie, which is like, <laughs> yeah. come on, oh. Disney, just give us a queer yeah, character yeah. already. Yeah. Yes, uh, uh, <laughs> and 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 her marriage is political. It is yeah. so very political. It's oh, cool. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, right. there's there's a lot of if if a queer person reading this goes, yeah, yeah, I'm seeing what you're nodding towards us there with all those little hit points there, but it's like, oh, a I saw it as as a typical development, a queer person hears that, but B it's it's typical Disney where of course they're not going to give us a queer captor. They're not going to make Captain Marvel gay. <sighs> anyway, but so, they did seem to be exes, I would say, just reading oh, yeah. that scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100% oh, yeah. an ex. Who, who yes. stayed in touch and are good friends. And, well, I, I, yes. I was going yeah. to say, again, it f- fits with my thesis that she only knows world leaders and superheroes, right? Like, oh, like, yeah. oh sure. <laughs> I mean, Valkyrie, the, 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 the ruler of Asgard, sure, right, her. Ex girlfriend, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, and I know this prince over here, and like uh, that's 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 what I do here is is just meet with famous people all the time until. Kamala I mean, they did kind of hint in. about her fame because, like, she when they go down to the 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 Bollywood planet, it should have had much more extensive dance numbers for a Bollywood thing. Anyway, yes. uh, when, <laughs> when they go down, briefly, then it's you know. when, when they go down there, she says, "You know, I'm kind of famous here." And I think it's like Miss Marvel. I'm not sure. Says mm-hmm. you're famous everywhere. Yeah. Right? Like, 
Did we lose something? Uh, okay. Everything stopped for a it's second. Just, yeah, it yeah. stopped yeah. for a second. That was so weird. Okay. I thought it was just yeah. me. I just remained silent. No, it was just like, si- <laughs> yeah. I mean, did we all just pause and think about what we I said? I think, I think Zoom uh, had a thing. It was yeah. just so profound, James. Sorry yeah. for all the editing, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, I just I just wrote so down in my apologies. notes, Zoom had a thing, and, 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 and there it is. It had the thing. What were we saying? Um, Famous everywhere. Famous yes. how uh, everybody would probably everybody who spends enough time with Valkyrie will probably want to date her. I, mm. I don't think I'm going oh, yeah, on any kind of them to say point. that. Doesn't yeah. matter. Are the, you human? Are you male? I, are you female? Are you something else? It doesn't matter because you'll kind of want to date her by the time you've spent a little time with her. Didn't uh, I think it was in the Thor movie? There was a throwaway line about how she dated somebody for a while and it didn't work out. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, yeah. We know who. <laughs> Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch. Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie as Nick Fury. He's such a key part <laughs> of the original Captain Marvel movie that he has to be yes. in here. Mm. I, I feel like the MCU doesn't know really what to do with him. Like God. Secret Invasion Not anymore. The TV show was a disaster, I think. Um, yep. But uh, it, what's extra perplexing about it is it begins with Nick Fury beaming down from his space station and ends with him beaming back up to his space station because like they couldn't decide where it was or where it feels very much like we just got to put him back where he is. Cause in the Marvels, he's in the space station. It and was the space, a one shot. And yeah. the space station itself is sort of like, I guess we have space stations now. It's not super explained in in general. You just kind of have to go with it. So I don't know. Is he necessary for this movie? I would say plot wise, probably not. But thematically, given that it's the sequel to Captain Marvel, it's good to have him. He you get the sense that he's sort of Carol's grounding to Earth, which is that's a bad idea. But that, that that's what he is. It gives well, especially us especially because fun- he's in space now. Yeah, he gets a funny side bit with the with the flurkin kittens, which is great because it gives Goose something to do, which is have lay eggs, yeah. apparently. But, yeah, like I, I liked the fact that I, I wanted him there. His, I loved his presence there um, because you saw his, you know, working with Monica um, as part of the yeah. sta- space station crew, um, you know, to the point of, you know, when she gets caught on the other side of the of the reality rip, you know, he's genuinely grieving, you right. know, the fact that, yeah. you know, she's not there anymore. Um, and, you know, he's, you know, gets surprised by all of a sudden he's got this teenage girl doing parkour around him to try and help him, you know, (laughs) with these two scrolls. Mm. And she's, she's, you know, clever enough to toss him a weapon. And, you know, at the end, it's like all they needed to do was fist bump, Um, you know, and, and, and he, you know, takes her in along with the others, recognizing that she's younger, she's less experienced, but she has a part to play in this and he expects her to do it. Um, so for me, I, I mean, you know, Samuel L. Jackson is just wonderful in general. And I was very glad that he was in the movie. And I like that he's just kind of grumpy and bemused, right? He's just like, what's going on? Like, it's good to have that character and he does it well to be like, all this nonsense is going on, right? I'm tired of these snakes on this plane or whatever the equivalent here is. These These flurkins on this space station. On this melon farming space station. Yeah. 
At one scene, they're right in the, uh, towards the beginning when they're first flipping, the first flipping between the three of them, um, and he's on the space elevator going up or down. I can't recall. I think yeah. possibly down. Um, and um, and he, he's literally like a Cree warrior with like full ma- uh, armor and weapons turns up right in front of him, and he's just sitting there in a chair and he shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was like it was like the most Nick Fury thing. It was like dude. I'm not even going to get up. No. I'm just going <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah. I, I recommend looking. There's an interview with Iman Vellani talking about that scene in the filming and whether they were going to fist bump or elbow bump. And it, I will not spoil the punchline, and I cannot say it live <laughs> on this podcast. But it was very good. Okay, That's good. I liked him there because I liked sort of the um, in one way the nod to uh, his history with Goose in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Uh, which, which you know, kind of, like, I hadn't even remembered until they popped up and then he and Goose were together and I was like, oh, that's right. Like, that's why he has the eye patch. Like, that mm-hmm. kind of matters. And then um, uh, I I liked... I, I I liked that he was there. I think he was also partly there as a foil for Kamala's parents, for, you know, and all of that. But uh, it it still it it doesn't feel like Marvel, on the whole, knows what to do with him. I I agree with that a lot because the- Secret Invasion between Secret Invasion and the times we've seen him since you know Endgame and all that, like he he's kind of at loose ends, and there's nothing wrong with that. And you know people grow and evolve and change, and like you know we talked about watching a bunch of people do that right through the course of this film, but. It's like nobody else knows what to do with him, like what's next for him now. And that part is kind of frustrating because Nick Fury's really interesting. Sam Jackson's really interesting. Like all of that, I feel like there has to be a better answer than just sort of he swoops in from the space elevator when the plot demands it, which is kind of how this felt. Yeah, it's like they're deploying Samuel L. Jackson instead of deploying Nick Fury. Yeah, I found I found that the interesting thing was about that was that the, the relationship between him and Kamala Khan was yeah the, the, them developing their relationship and then the mid credit scene was Kamala Khan recruiting um, Hawkeye, well the new Hawkeye, yeah, Kate Bishop, mm-hmm. yes, Kate, Kate Bishop. Bishop, and the thing is that's a direct callback. Yeah, she's to, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. She is. She's uh, just doing Nick Fury there. She's doing (laughs) Nick Fury. Yeah, she's doing Nick Fury recruiting, uh, recruiting Iron Man, and um, Mm. and it's like um, it's almost like even the colors. I went back and rewatched a little bit of that, and it's like it's even the same colors in the room, like that they they they, and and it's like okay, yeah, yeah, it's like yes, we don't know what to do with Nick Fury, but in a way, Nick Fury just handed off to Kamala Khan. Mm. I mean, I I also. I liked that it, in the scenes, I don't know, like, I'm not saying Nick Fury was like, it was a Charlie's Angel situation, but he was at least a sort of authority figure, if not right. necessarily above them. Sure. Oh, yeah, but, right. But, you know, he was at least kind of like, okay, you know, can you go check out this he thing? He was the organizer. Can you do th- yeah. yeah. So he was, he was, he, I think he had a necessary position just from a kind of like, maneuvering them around a bit so that they ended up yeah. next to each other and had an adventure. Yeah. He sort of um, lost that role after Winter Soldier, didn't he? Yeah, so now he's like the guy in the yeah. chair again. In space, I, though. The chair is in space, but he's still the I guy mean, I, in the chair. I did think it was interesting because he's, you know, like this absolute super spy, you know, whatever. And as soon as uh, Kamala sees him through the window, she's like, it's Nick Fury. It's like, <gasps> oh how God, do you know oh what God, Nick hi. Fury looks like? 
He's yeah. famous. They're all famous. She knows. She's on the message board. She's on Reddit. She she gets it. The um that scene, by the way, that that's quoting the the um end credit scene in Iron Man where the Avengers gets mentioned for the first time. Um, is not a mid credit scene. It's like in, at the end of the movie, which I found mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit curious. Like they loved it so much that they they wanted, and they didn't feel like the movie had a real button, so they gave it the button of yeah. Kamala having her big idea, and then cut to she's recruiting people to be young Avengers, essentially. Um, yeah. The we should mention the actual mid credit scene, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the setup by. I mean, it, it's obvious the moment that there's a tear between universes that what's going to happen is that somebody's going to be on the other side in order to close it which is what oh, happens yeah, that's right. to yeah. monica yeah. uh and yeah. and and they're like okay we're they're gonna I, I was sitting there saying no doubt in my mind we're gonna see where she went because we haven't seen that yet and they set yep. that up and we do see where she went she is in a medical facility uh her mother appears to be there but it's not her mother because this is a uh an alternate reality and she's wearing the binary costume which was a costume worn by carol danvers in the comics when she was a member of the x-men or worked with the x-men uh, you don't need to know that but that's the reference that they're making there and of yeah. course uh the beast uh, blue yep. and furry and voiced yeah. by kelsey Grammer, like in those original x-men movies comes in uh to talk to them both and that's all we get uh, of that uh but it was enough oh my god the theater reaction <laughs> both times and we was, get a big. We get the X door in the background. And there is the X is everywhere. Yes. As yeah. Well. yeah, yeah, and you get and in the background. Yeah, <laughs> it felt like a really big deal. Like like the first like when uh, uh, Kamala's friend says mutant the first right. time we get that mm-hmm. M word in the show. You know, mm-hmm. um, like it's it's fun to kind of watch those things get get laid down and you know as they pave that road, but. Um, I had read somewhere that they had shot all of that and then like after the fact changed their minds. And so instead of having a mid credit scene and an end and an end credit scene, we had the button at the end of the movie and then yeah. a mid credit scene. And then nothing later mm. was the thing that I had seen that for whatever reason they decided they were going to change it. But I did like that it was a throwback. And I uh, also the same sort of huge reaction in the theater uh, when when I saw it uh, with with a bunch of people, you know, especially when you hear the X-Men music and they cut over and like, in case you weren't aware, you know, the door has a giant, giant X, X on, on it. Yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> for those who don't remember, Lashana Lynch also is in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, where she's playing an alternate Captain Marvel. So they do keep bringing that actress back in these alternate roles because we know that the one in the MCU died of cancer and, and there's the whole thing with yeah. the snap and the, and all, mm-hmm. all of that going on there. Um, I, I'm not sure. I believe that this is a commitment to anything, just like I'm sure that there's no commitment to like John Krasinski is not going to actually be read, read Richards in the fantastic four movie. It's all parallels and alternates and all of that. So they'll find another way to do it, but still it's directly tying into uh, those old X-Men movies, which is fun. Yeah. And the suggestion that don't worry, Monica is still out there. She's just lost for now. And if yeah. they want mm-hmm. to use her again, they will presumably bring her back have a way to do that if i had a prediction if i had a prediction that we we wouldn't we actually won't see tayona paris as monica again until whenever they get around to making secret wars um that's supposed the, to be the end of this phase isn't it it's it, well or at it, least it, initially who knows 
who knows? Who knows? But I think it's going to be. I, I think yeah, it's going to be a while. But honestly, I had a. I had a strong. I know the the my theater also was pretty excited to see Beast, but I had the stronger reaction to the button when um when Pizza Dog shows up on the <laughs> camera. I just sat oh. bolt upright and I was doing the Leonardo yes. DiCaprio pointing thing. Yeah. Yes, um, <laughs> me too. Um, and. I think you said something really interesting there, Jason, about, you know, I'm not sure that this is a promise because when we get to when we get into talking about the MCU um, directionally, you know, uh, I'm not as confident that there's going to be a young Avengers project as I would have been a few months ago. Mm, But yeah, I desperately want it because the just the, the 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 glee the barely contained glee that Amon Valani has as being Nick Fury mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh and and I loved Hawkeye I loved a uh, Haley Steinfeld Phil and I see yeah. the potential here oh god yes for sure um, absolutely and I and I think it's I, I think it's a perfect button to end this movie on because the movie was fundamentally a fun romp with great characters that you love, which is what sort of the MCU began with. Yes. Um, Robert yeah. Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, you know, Tom Hiddleston, you know, uh, characters, actors, good actors with good stuff, interesting stuff given to do. And I feel like this movie sort of signals that the MCU can be that again. Uh, I just, I just really want them to follow through with it, and I've got my concerns. I mean, I, I would rather have a Young Avengers TV series than a movie. Yeah, give me the yeah. TV series, bring in all yeah. the people. I mean, you could have like the various team members they could have. Like America Chavez could just hop over and get, yeah. uh, you know, Monica Rambeau in about five minutes. Do that at the start. It's out of the way. And let's cast um, a Miles Morales. Yes. Yes, sure. yep. please. Well, if you can, yep. if you can pry him away from Sony, but but you could yeah. maybe. So th- this is the larger question of the MCU. I, th- we are in an interesting state here, and I feel like everybody overreacts to everything. Uh, this movie mm. did not do well what? in theaters, although again, it did not. Uh, it also didn't get marketed particularly well. I feel like Marvel didn't know how to market it. And I, I, I you can no. look at the trailers where they started marketing it as fun. And then they had a panic attack and started marketing the, all the action scenes from it, which actually turned people I know off from a movie they were excited to see because suddenly mm-hmm. the ad started making it look like it was going to be another one of those Marvel movies where there's a portal and a bunch of armies fighting in CGI and all of that, even though that that is that happens. But that's like not the point. Like Marvel mm-hmm. wasn't sure what to do here it, the marvel the, embrace the barbie girls yeah. have just as much money to right. spend as boys do. well and they did it's and then just they, as green and, and then they got cold feet and the, and now the the box office number is going to be used as a mm. as, as a reason not to yeah. make movies like this which is a mistake but i would argue that marvel has been on, on this trajectory for a while now which is they had a big climax a lot of their actors are out of contract those are the characters everybody knows of course it was going to be hard to pick up the pieces from mm-hmm. end 
game. It was going to be hard and it is hard and they are struggling and they are making movies that are, uh, some of them are good. Some of them are not good. Uh, this I would argue is one of their better movies and yet Mm -hmm. it did badly at the theater. Let's throw in another aside here, which is the actor that they've chosen to hang their, essentially their Thanos of this round of movies on is going on trial and Mm -hmm. they may not want to work with him anymore. And you put all of the finances, the changing finances at Disney, which is trying to cut its costs and you throw that in a bucket. And you do have to wonder if when earlier somebody mentioned, uh, I think it was Kelly, what's supposed to happen. Like, I don't believe that anything that's supposed to happen that hasn't already been released is going to happen at all in the Marvel world because it feels like they are going to retrench. They're going to change their approach and they may have to replace the uh, villain that they were going to use in future movies. So I don't know where they're going from now. I do know that they should look at this movie and see all of the things about it that succeeded creatively and use them but it's a weird it's a weird place i also uh, seeing and mentioning the cheers for like the beast part of me thinks that their retrenchment is going to be let's do x-men and fantastic four (laughs) let's let's lean Mm -hmm. into the characters that everybody really knows who haven't been seen in this iteration and do that instead because it's probably an easier sell more than anything else I'm a Doctor Who fan, an Apple fan, and an MCU fan. In all of these cases, I'm I'm used to feeling like everything is doomed. Everything's just going to fail. (laughs) It's all Um, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That being said, um, yeah, I, 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 what really worries me is the retrenchment of Disney Plus. Um, I've got a closet full of comics from the days when I was getting damn near half of Marvel's output because I wanted to be just immersed in that inner in that interlocking story. Mm-hmm. And all of the content that uh Marvel spat out on Disney Plus, all of the movies, you know, Shang-Chi, The Eternals, uh, all these things with all these things that are being promised on that. Um I'm feeling like no, it's not sustainable. And what I'm worried about is that the stuff that for me has the most creative promise, and I, I, I really do think that a Young Avengers product project would absolutely be there. Um, you know that there's just not going to be the room for them anymore. And I think the natural place for those things would be on Disney Plus if there was any money to make them. And I just don't have that confidence either. Well, the thing about this that I think, um, and sometimes I I feel like I'm the only one who remembers, uh, John Carter is a movie that Disney made. (laughs) And once they made it, they didn't know what to do with it. And I remember reading an article that said, uh, the 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 book it was adapted from is named Princess of Mars, and we can't put princess in the title because then boys won't go see it, and we can't call you know we can't talk about who John Carter is because then girls won't go see it. So they just named it John Carter. So it's just this <laughs> terrible a guy's know, name, it, random name. Like yeah, and and like and I know that the you know they had some some story issues with it and things like that, but like they didn't know what to do with it when they put it out, and that's how I feel about this one. It was not served by the fact that they drove the train toward that release date even though nobody could go talk about the movie beforehand, and then that allowed the internet outrage machine 
to be responsible right. for what everybody thought mm. about this movie ahead of time. Then Marvel had a panic attack and went, oh, the internet may be mad about a thing and we'd better do something about it instead of saying, hey, you know, maybe we should just maybe we should put it out there as it is and see because there are people in the world. And this is the thing I think Marvel has the hardest time with is there are people in the world who will enjoy a movie that's just a fun movie. And, you know, I know we've talked before about like one of the things that Marvel was doing that was really interesting was expanding the definition of what was a comic book movie versus other kinds of, you know, like we have heist movies and we have workplace comedies and we have right. these other things that that Mar that feature comic book characters, which makes them comic book movies, but they're not comic they're, book they're movies. They're in other know, like genres, right? The movies right. some and of some of the most successful MCU movies are I would argue are movies that are sort of in other genres because uh, they're feature comic characters. That that feature superhero type characters. Yeah. It's I mean, I know we had we had the writer strike and the actor strike, and so things are there, but things are are, are weird uh, on top of all the weirdness going on at Marvel. But it does feel like that is one of the reasons why they're probably going to make changes is that they've had a mm. lot of time. The producers have to think about things, and they've got yeah. a bunch of stuff that wasn't in production that they can now consider uh, making changes to. And consider how bananas this is. Uh, given how we've had MCU movies since uh, 2008, um, next year there will be one MCU movie released. There's only one on the schedule between now and 2025 when the Captain America movie uh, with, you know, Sam as Captain America uh, is... Which they have filmed. Like, which they have that filmed. One that one's gonna, finished. Yeah, the ones it's that done. are filmed are coming out. Um, but here's the thing. So there's only one movie that you could call an MCU movie between now and February of 25, more than a year. And that movie kind of doesn't count because it's Deadpool 3. <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting in a lot of ways because it's an it's a marvel deadpool movie for the first time oh, it's going to be r-rated it's going to play with the whole yeah. universe it is its own thing but we are after the marvels being released knowing that that captain america movie has been shot although who knows what they'll reshoot because they do that um yeah we're really at a i know there's tv projects coming but like it's a stopping point and a rethink point. And I do wonder where they're going to go from here. I hope they don't take the wrong lessons from the Marvels because I don't think the Marvels did poorly at the box office because of the content of it. Uh, no. Especially no. since yeah. right. then we all saw it and we're like, what do you mean? This is a box office disaster. This is a fun movie. What are you talking about? I am angry at fandom bros and Disney marketers for yeah. not go, not doing right by Iman Vellani. I'll tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. They seeded the space for this film and they just left it open and it got filled by those angry fanboys. Yeah. Um, and you see that because the Marvels on IMDb has a 60% rating, but on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score is 84%. People yeah. loved this film. Yeah. And if they, um, if they went to see it, if they bothered to go if they see, went it. To see exactly. it. Yeah. And that, and my worry is that exactly what everyone else is saying, that they're going to take the lesson of the 60% and not the lesson of the 84%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just hope that they don't. Also, I hope they don't load. Like one of the reasons the enthusiasm for people going out to the movie theater and seeing a Marvel movie is down. I mean, part of it is, is the pandemic broke people's habits of going to movie theaters, but part yeah. of it 
is going to other recent Marvel movies and being less impressed. Um, mm. I, you know, I think the only Marvel movie in the last couple of years or the last few years that was really just kind of broken was Eternals, which mm. I'll say again, should have just been a 10 episode HBO series. It would have been much more interesting then, but as a movie, it just kind of was broken. I know a lot of people don't like quantum mania. I thought it was okay. I thought Wakanda forever was really good. I liked love and thunder. I know some people didn't. I, I, mm. A lot of people didn't like do- the Dr. Strange movie. I did. Mm, I, um, I thought Shang-Chi was fun. Shang-Chi is Shang-Chi great. had some right? fun. Yeah. Oh, Shang-Chi so, is amazing. So, I, like I, I worry. My point is None that I worry. Also, really had a consensus that this yeah. is the great one Marvel movie. And like I said, yeah. it's a, it's a it, other than maybe Spider Man, but um, it's a big. It's just a come down from Endgame, right? I think that th- this was going to happen. It was inevitable. They lost a lot of their major recognizable characters because yeah. their stories ended, and they had a climax to a movie. And you're trying to get people to like, no, keep going. And it's like, but no, your narrative momentum kind of ended. So it was mm-hmm. always yeah. going to be hard. The question is like you've all said what lessons do they take from this and it would be a real shame if because the marvels was sort of the last one out the door um that they would oh i'll point out guardians of the galaxy did really well but that guy's running dc's films now so they can't really follow that one up uh yeah yeah, i hope they don't take the wrong lessons from it because this was a fun movie and like fun movie is what you should be doing you just need to find it find the right mix so that people will want to go to your movies again yeah, we, we've got Deadpool next, which should, in theory, also be a fun. That's going to be a hit. Movie. It's going to be I'm a big so hit. So excited, but the, you guys! But you've got in that you've got Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and who knows how many other Again. Fox uh, mutants in it? Yeah, I, and MCU characters too, I, because it is an MCU, right? Yeah, and it seems like the perfect film if you are trying to integrate. You know, you've got all this Fox nonsense and you've got all this whatever nonsense. Deadpool seems like the movie where, you know, for whatever reason, they just end up here. Or Deadpool's or, just a giant plot hammer. I mean, yeah. there <laughs> and has yeah. all the subtlety of an elephant stampede because that's kind of always been his jam. That's what I love about Deadpool. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it for that. You could see a scene in Deadpool where he just like moves a whole bunch of action figures from one section of a store yeah. to the other section of the store is like okay they hear well that. we had well we had um the Spider-Man bringing in the Sony uh multiverse yeah. and yeah. now yeah. we've got mm-hmm. Deadpool well and the Marvels bringing in the Fox multiverse um mm-hmm. and and yeah 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 I could yeah I agree with you James I could literally see Deadpool playing with action figures and then and like just one big plot hammer of just going oh we can put, put, put them in the big together. box that says mcu on the side and there <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean and that's the thing that i worry about too is um you know uh chip you mentioned it earlier um as an apple fan you know this is this feels to me a little bit like um you know we saw it with star wars a little bit too and you know we see it with apple all the time apple only made almost all the money instead of all the money obviously they're doing something terribly wrong and nobody stops and says you know, if you swapped out the, you know, the product, if you swapped out some other company name instead of Apple, it would be an amazing set of of results. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, and we have the same thing here. And it was the same with Star Wars. This movie only made one hundred million dollars at the box office. So it's, it's a still, box office failure. And yet, you know, money, any other yeah. film. Yeah. Any other movie would uh, 
that would be, you know, spectacular, unbelievable results. And so, like, right, Marvel but, gets held to that but it, standard but it costs, because but it they costs built way it more themselves. than that to make it because they spend a lot of money on these movies, regardless of how it did at the box office. Like, they don't make these movies well, right. to make a hundred million at the box office. There's no denying that. Oh no, no, no! I'm not no, but like you know, when people talk about them, they're like, oh, it only made a hundred million dollars, so obviously this movie is a failure, which isn't when, the case. If this movie was by some other company about you know the same the same feel but yeah. other characters with yeah, uh, African-American director and a diverse cast of mostly yeah. women, you know, anywhere and, anywhere else it would have been considered a really solid, interesting movie with a lot of good things about it. But because it's part yeah. of the MCU, it's being held up against uh, what came before. I mean, right. it's, your definition of fa- it's your definition of failure. It's like, right. you know, for the shareholders, it's a failure for like, People who like fun movies, right. it was not a failure. No, I, I think right. I think there's a lot of analysis of art that comes from a business perspective, and I don't understand this. I was talking about this with friend of the podcast, Todd Vaziri, a while ago. That like there's hey, this God. there's this very weird. We're going to get him on here one of these days. There's this is very weird thing. Uh, he was on the Flophouse, one of my favorite podcasts, and they were talking about Waterworld, and uh, <laughs> and they all agreed basically Waterworld's actually not a bad movie. Everybody is convinced Waterworld is bad because it cost a lot of money to make and didn't make it back at the box office. And it's like, unless you're a shareholder of the company that made it, why do you care what it cost? What you should care about if you're just on the other side, we can do if you're a business analyst or whatever. But like art, the quality of art is not determined by how much money, how much profit it made. It is never done that way. Iman Vellani had the perfect response in an interview. I don't want to focus on something that's not even in my control, because what's the point? That's for Bob Iger. The box office has nothing to do with me. I'm happy with the finished product, and the people that I care about also enjoyed the film. It's genuinely a good time watching this movie, and that's all we can ask for with these films. It has superheroes. It takes place in space. It's not that deep, and it's about teamwork and sisterhood. It's a fun movie, and I'm just happy that I can share it with people. That's the perfect response that she had. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's, I think that's a good place to come from, which is we can talk about the business dynamics about this, but they are irrelevant when it comes to, was this a good movie? Was this a fun movie? Which I think we all agree it was. I will say, yes. I will say, I, I hear your argument about if this was from someone else, but the fact is it's a Marvel movie with theoretically right. a built-in audience yeah. and a Marvel movie budget. And it did, right. it, it, it did really badly at the box office and they need to figure out why, but I don't think it's the content of the movie because the fact is... Yeah. If you see it, you paid for it. Why mm-hmm. did people not go see it? And I think those are questions that they need to ask about the marketing and about where the state of the MCU is in general. But it's not anything to do with what the content of no. the movie is because uh, you have to actually pay to see it, to, to see the movie. Well, and it's it's wrapped up in going to movies too. Like the larger question, like we talked about earlier about the pandemic breaking people's habit of going to a theater when you know it's going to come out when you know it's going to come out anyway and nobody has to release streaming numbers disney can come in later and go it's a success they have hurt themselves with that perception but the fact is also that the previous movies in this era also made more money than that so like there's only so much yes they've heard it but like that doesn't that also doesn't explain this like this this movie failed at the box office bottom line it has nothing to do with the creative aspect of it and i hope that they don't take the wrong lessons from it because that's the that's uh that would be a mistake. I, I think you can't entirely rule out 
uh, like racists and misogynists as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You can. In the movie. Yeah. Sure. It's a wom- yeah. it's a woman led movie and there are people who don't want to see those movies and that they are part of Marvel's audience and it's a challenge. Although, I, you know, I, th- I think it's more than that, too. I think there's a lot of dynamic going on here. The problem is if people just take the wrong lessons from it. I, before mm. we go, I something that we haven't only oh, we only mentioned in passing that I wanted to say is if you sit through the credits, which you should do because there's that that scene where the beast is there uh and you're like what is that all about uh you will notice something or you may have noticed something that i certainly noticed and i wanted to highlight here which is this is also a movie primarily made by women Uh, Mm -hmm. the writers Mm -hmm. are women the director is a woman the cinematographer is a man but the editors are one of the editors is a woman the score is by laura cartman uh, you know mm-hmm. the the uh most of the leads in most of the departments are women it is remarkable and and shouldn't be remarkable but i noticed i noticed that this is a movie that has a lot of women in leadership roles in the in the production of the movie and i wanted to point it out because yes that mm-hmm. should be common but it's not and i noticed it for this movie that the women mm-hmm. were in charge good for them <laughs> For all of the business faults and the marketing faults of the last few years of Marvel Disney, um, I feel like the storytellers over there and Kevin Feige, I feel like they've got their heart in the right place. They have been spending the last few years broadening the palette. It really exploded, of course, with Black Panther, but um, um, the MCU is becoming more diverse and uh, the behind the camera as well as in front of it and i do hope that in whatever form it continues same yeah mm-hmm. dinner yes all right uh we have talked for a while about the marvels if you haven't seen it you should go see it and if you <laughs> uh can't go see it because it's not in theaters anymore then hopefully it will be shortly available on all digital platforms that you uh you can partake of it uh it's fun that's the bottom line i feel like i, I we all said it here it's a fun ride. It's what a fun movie should be. And the fact that people are all kind of like gnashing their teeth about it, I find hilarious and baffling and off-putting because uh, business issues aside, like, I don't know how you don't go to this movie and have a good time because it's just a fun romp and the Monvolani is great. Anyway, so go see it. That's what we're saying. Uh, and or stay see it if it's later and it's on your TV you can just stay and see it you don't have to go to a different room or something you can just stay there and watch it all right uh, let me thank my panelists for being here to talk about the Marvels Chip Sutter thank you stop running and let the kittens eat you you will be fine (laughs) Uh, Chip even leaned back for the microphone to give that an effect Shannon Sutter thank you oh my god we're a team (laughs) James Thompson thank you Uh, may our next meeting be joyful uh, Sarah Bickerton, thank you. Higher, further, faster, Jason. Ah, uh, yes, always. And Kelly Gamont, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. I had a blast. And Jason, I found this this weird pink egg thing over here. It's okay. Just you leave it there. About it? Okay. Just okay. leave it there. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be great. Everybody loves kittens. Uh, and thanks to everybody out there for listening to this episode of the Incomparable. We will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>